Hello and welcome back to the Front 3 Show with the Sports Babble. I'm your host, Filippo. To my right, the Prince of Rome, Jake. Say hello, Jake. Good to evening. my left, Mr. Tall, Brenton Hagen. Uh, a really nice week for me this week. My team won a game of football and your your team lost. Both your teams lost. So it's nice for me this week to be in the middle. Just uh, in there with the globe. Yeah, I thought I'd fire it in early because you've both got uh, decent signings that you've wanted, so you'll be able to fire them at me later on in the show. Plenty to talk about this week. Um, the transfer window ended uh, last night. There was a midweek Premier League fixture list, which we were just talking about before we came on air, which all three of us love. Mm. I personally think it's better than Champions League, having a midweek uh, Premier League or domestic games like the Premier League's the best you can get. Well, I'm um, sure someone else will argue their own league, but if your own league's playing during the week, it means more, I think, a wee bit when you're playing teams from your own league. Some strange results. Um, will we get into the, the results from the midweek or the transfers first? Where do you want to go with first? I don't mind. Any preferences? Well, I suppose the, the the football results this week were overshadowed by um, the transfers because we had Arsenal losing on Tuesday night 3-1 at Swansea and just being outplayed, really outmuscled all over the pitch. But yet we're not talking about that now because Arsenal have since signed Mesut Ozil to a, a long-term contract, um, highest paid player in the club's history, and some reporters are saying the highest paid player in the Premier League. Not quite sure about that. Um, you know... Not quite sure of the validity of that, but I suppose that's what we're talking about as Arsenal fans. Ozil assigned, Aubameyang assigned. The result is forgotten, but ultimately when we look at the table, we're reminded of the stark reality that Arsenal are a long way off top four. Are these United fans that happen to be saying that he's the highest player in the Premier League? Go ahead, that's right. Could well be, you know, um, you'd have to... I mean, instead of Alexis Sanchez, they're, they're trying to say that Ozil is the... Has well, it's a real kick in the teeth for Sanchez because he wanted that amount of money and Arsenal refused to pay it to him. Well, we will talk, we'll talk about the transfers and, and Ozo, which was, I think was Arsenal's best bit of business, in 15-20 minutes. We should talk about... <laughs> Toots, you're going to get a slap for that. We should talk about um, this week's Premier League results and what happened. And we'll start at Wembley because we were, I was over last night, we were watching um, with the Chelsea game on and the, and the United game on. Uh, Spurs were awesome. Yeah, biggest result of, uh, of the week. I think it's, it's hard to argue with that. Um, in terms of affecting the, the top of the table, yeah. Um, I mean, I suppose you could argue Chelsea beat Arsenal beat, which more affects you know the relegation zone and, and those twelve teams that are in it. Um, but I think basically last night confirmed that uh, confirmed. I know City are champions already, but you know. 15 points United are, even if they rally, you know the way teams get a scare. Um, when I really thought it would happen to, to Pep City, but um, I think that, that confirmed it last night. United looked very poor, but I think yeah, credit has to go to Spurs. Spurs were awesome. Yeah, they were. 11 seconds in, yeah. they were 1-0 up. And United never recovered from that. No. Um, you know, they were second every ball. They were. Um, Spurs looked fresh, um, they looked sharp, um, it could have been more. Harry Kane missed a couple of chances, and it's not like him. And they should have had a penalty, uh, Tony Valencia's tackle. I know immediately the commentator said that it wasn't a foul, certainly a foul. <laughs> um, and even the expert referee on BT Sports said initially no foul, and then at halftime he had to retract that and say it actually was a penalty. Mm. From first view, and I had no doubts that it was a penalty. It was a chop, really, wasn't it? And once Just you make that action, lack of control, yeah. really. But 
But as good as Tottenham were, I think Manchester United were absolutely abysmal. And here we have um, Jose Mourinho again trying to, I suppose, make some sort of a scapegoat out of player. He brought Marlon Fellaini on in the second half for Paul Pogba, making a, a statement. And then eight minutes later, takes off Marlon Fellaini, who obviously isn't doing the job that he asked him to do. You know, why not take Alexis Sanchez off, who completed very few passes last night, and I would say was poor on the whole. They, defensively and offensively. I think some the word sort of coming out is that Fellaini is injured. I haven't seen it confirmed yet. I don't personally think he was injured. I can be proven wrong here, massively and whatever. I, I think it was Mourinho. It was Mourinho. You could tell. Off. You could tell by the precursor to him taking him off was his screams of Herrera yes. to get on to come down. Yes. I think Herrera's warming up. Was behind him. He screams for him. Like, and we try to watch it back to see yeah. what actually Fellaini had done wrong and. It didn't look like he'd done anything really. I mean, it, it doesn't follow Ericsson. All United players were a, a yard or two off, and yeah. including Fellaini. Yeah, and yeah, maybe Mourinho mean. said, Tell everybody to get tight when you get on there, and everybody did the opposite, basically. Um, it was actually it was a really big chance that. Um, Son, it's Son actually. Should have scored. Yeah. A, a unreal save. He's starting the way he just puts his hand out and palms it away, but. Yeah. Um, but Fellaini. And then people. Um, heard the media afterwards also suggesting that this is Mourinho trying to take away take from, the, away bad from the bad performance and make everybody talk about Fellaini which of course we're doing now do you know what I mean so it does yeah. work to that what, effect what we should focus on Spurs are absolutely outstanding yeah. and they're coming down feeling Sunday <laughs> and if they go like that and we go at them the way Liverpool have gone at that could be chaos uh, but Man United set up with a 4-1-4-1 well, that's what it looked like at times. I'm sure they probably went up at two, but there was a point in the first half, I think I was telling you and, and Pat, that I said it's 4 1 4 1. Maddox is on his own, and he was literally in no. He looked like the Cranog, you know, not Britain Lock, the little island. He looked miles away on his own, no one yeah. near him. No, he struggled last night. I think that's the worst I've ever seen in a man It was very poor. The thing that I think happened was um, Spurs got the killer blow early on, and um, United felt like they needed to come out. And by coming out, Pogba had to push on mm. and leave Maddox exposed. And when Pogba joins that four up top, Maddox isn't enough to keep that Dali Ali Erickson dropping in. Manchester's defence is bog standard. Yeah. The the only saving grace to have is that they've got the best goalkeeper in the world at the moment. Otherwise they would no be nowhere near second. Second. Nowhere near it. Their two centre halves, Smalling and Jones, are absolutely diabolical. Um, they're not good enough. I small and shots. Yeah, yeah. United had six. Smalling and Jones. Um, I I would I wouldn't have them at Liverpool. And and listen, I wouldn't have them at Arsenal. <laughs> and and that's hard. Hard defense. I'm telling you, they're in this like and have been really really poor. I wouldn't have either of them at our our team for it. Because you, and you know why I say that? Okay, defensively, but neither of them are great on the ball either. At least with Mustafi and Koscielny, they're actually decent on the ball, and that's the they're even. I think um, as well, you know, they're they're playing two wide attacking midfielders that are playing their fullbacks now, and at times like, Antonio Valencia has been brilliant for Manchester United. Uh, Times he's been, he arguably he's been one of the top right backs in the league. Yeah, it's not the word. Right. Sometimes he looks out and the other times he looks a bit off. But more actually young, like, he that second goal. He was tucked way, way in, and the space behind Trippier him. Trippier had oh, so much. It was just, it was really, it was a really strange sort of um, as if United were a bit clueless or something last night. Wasn't it? it was just a little bit like I think that side in particular. Um, Ashley Young is 
uh, an attacking player by trade, um, and so is Sanchez. And to have them both on that same side, there's no uh, natural defensive player on that side. Yeah. And Trippi is an attacking fullback, so that all adds up to you know little protection on that side. And um, Jones or Smalling, whoever it is coming out to that left hand side, I think. Was it was Jones. Was it Jones? Jones. Ah, because he uh, put the young goal in mm -hmm. from that side. Um, needs more protection than that. He needs a proper fullback to keep that in line. And that's fair enough, uh, Brendan. But at the same time, he should have won the header. You know, for the first goal. Um, also, you know, Alexis Sanchez would have often. You would have seen him at Arsenal. You know that. The, the defence weren't pushing up and he would have been given off to the defence to defend. You know, he really needs to now look at himself and take some of his own advice on board and maybe start to defend himself. Um, because if all his performances are like that one, he was an absolute waste of his sign. Well, Jose, he's going to have to use the defend for Jose Mourinho because that was always the problem with Aiden Azar at Chelsea. I mean, very similar player to Sanchez. These players do not want to defend and I think you have to let those players attack. Those players are attacking players, you have to let them attack. The, the problem at Manchester United is their defence isn't defensive enough at the minute. I, um, I, have, a, I have a really close friend, Michael. I don't know if he watches the show or not. He, sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. So he might be watching the night. But Michael's a diehard United fan and he, he's very, very football knowledgeable. He's brilliant. But he texted me last night and he just said the Galactico fear has been realised. So what he means by that was um, basically because United went and spent so much on like Alexis Sanchez and Pogba and Lukaku they spent so much on him I don't think he's at that level but with really they haven't actually went and fixed what they could have really fixed easily they should have went and got a left back mm -hmm. they probably should have went and got another centre half another man got Lindelof when no, you, look at, you look at Spurs' Sanchez last night he was Dude, so comfortable he was absolutely he rest from the pieces yeah. yeah he was so comfortable last night he was miles and, above and it has to be said as well that uh, that United's best defender in Eric Bailly is missing. Oh, oh big time! Um, they needed he needed a partner, and it wasn't, it's not Lindelof. Yeah, um, Lindelof. I, I think it's his first season in the Premier League. He, he needs a season. We we need to give him a season with all players coming in who haven't mm -hmm. played in the Premier League before. Um, but the problem that United have is they need somebody who who's Premier League ready. At the yeah, moment, exactly. And Lindelof isn't. Um, and and Jones and Smalling just aren't the aren't the right cut. The, Jones think. and Smalling have been there from uh, Fergie, and and then they were there with Moyes, Van Hal, and now Mourinho, and they haven't won a title since Fergie left. They haven't even looked like challenging. Oh, they're second at the minute, but nobody looks like challenging Man City, so you can't really count that. But what did you what do you make of um just what do you make of Spurs then? Being an Arsenal fan, obviously, it's I am the same uh, about Everton, but what do you think? Very, um, you know. They are making very, they're doing very shrewd business. For example, they kept hold of their best players. Uh, they've got outstanding uh, defender in Vertonghen. Um, Kieran Trippier looked superb yeah. last night as well. Yuris made some great saves from Lukaku. Um, you know, he was out quickly as well at the feet of Jesse Lingard. I think at the start of the match. Um, yeah. You know, they've got some great players at the moment. And the same Lucas it's, it's worrying for an Arsenal fan, you know, because Arsenal have taken it for granted that they're the top team in North London um, over the last number of years. I know they've beaten Spurs this season already, but... We'll see in a few weeks. We'll, we'll see in a few weeks at White Hart Lane, or at Wembley, um, which is all always, I suppose, a difficult uh, game when you go away uh, to play uh, Tottenham. But at the same time, you know, 
they're grand, but they're not brilliant. <laughs> Manchester United weren't good. They weren't. They weren't good at. It. Spurs were brilliant. United weren't good at. It. We've seen that in a couple of games this season. Like and I've also seen Spurs playing poorly this season. So it's yeah. inconsistency really throughout all of the top teams, I, what, apart from City. What yeah. Spurs look like they're doing is um, they're doing what they've done the last couple of seasons is they've kicked on at the turn at the turn of the year. Mm. They've had a really slow start and then they've kicked on um, and, and finished quite strong. I know that year they should have won the league. They stumbled, but they had a good sort of between now and say April, I think it was period where they were just flying. And it all depends on, on how you know how far they get in the Champions League, how far they get in the FA Cup. Yeah. With all of these teams, yeah. um, you know, I'm sure um, you know the likes of United, if if they progress further in the in the Champions League, their league form will drop. Well, Jimmy and Genius actually just to touch on that before we move on, we're going to go to Chelsea next and Bryce Iron. Um, we'll get to Arsenal and we'll have to talk about it. Um, Jermaine Genius was saying last night in Five Live, I don't know if anybody's heard this, that he thinks that the teams that are behind Man City, United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs, have sort of just decided we can't win the league now, so let's try and win whatever trophies we're in and go at it that way. I don't think it's the case with Spurs maybe, but I could see I could see Liverpool maybe doing that if they were to get a couple of bad results and think, well, we'll go after this year in the Champions League and see what happens. I could see Chelsea trying it. Mm. And I could see Arsenal going for it in Europa League. And I think United know they're not going to catch City. I think Arsenal are the most likely um, because they're they're what off top four, five points. Mm. And they're, you know... I think it's eight. It's eight. It's, it's eight. eight points. Eight off four. You know, so, so their um, uh, main entry to the Champions League next year might well be the Europa League. And are they going to make the switch to all, put all their focus on the Europa League? I think they should. Sort of uh, well, not not just yet. Give it maybe February and see what's going on. I that Europa League game comes up. Who's it? You're playing in Europa League. Is it? Um, um, I think they should go after Europa League. The other thing is, uh, of course, that Aubameyang can't play in the Europa League. That's right, because Bruce Dortmund are competing in that competition yeah. as well. But look, um, that's not a major problem really, because I think that uh, Lacazette will benefit from working with uh, Aubameyang and. More game time for him, Guitaria will also benefit Lacazette. You know, we have criticised Lacazette. He's done reasonably well. You criticised him? Yes, you know, I have criticised him. I know Paul Merson said that Arsenal should have sold um, Lacazette to Chelsea and kept Giroud. But let's look at it. Arsenal have been very poor this season at actually creating clear-cut chances. What they've done very successfully over the last number of years. And a player like Lacazette requires those those sorts of chances. Now I know he's missed some chances as well, but Arsenal are not creating the quantity of chances that they used to. They're playing it very, um, I suppose. They're playing. They're playing narrow. They're not. They're not stretching teams as much as I would like it. You know, they play in, in five minutes spurts like they did against Liverpool, and they and they blitz Liverpool during that time. But, you know, the great passes, the those eye-of-a-needle balls, Arsenal aren't just playing this season. And I, perhaps it's, it's to do with Sanchez and he was sort of the the doubt, the cloud that was hanging over the team. Perhaps they're not strong enough in that deep-line midfield role to give those higher, I suppose, players in the pitch the opportunities. Um, it's difficult to know, but I think with Ed Guitar and Ozil and Aubameyang, Lacazette will improve, you know. The speed will be back, I think, an attack and attacking player. But Lacazette, yeah. I mean, I don't mean just, just running, I mean passing. Yeah. Well. I think the, the football will be quicker. The speed to stretch, because Lacazette's good at coming short, but he's very poor at stretching. The other night, you know, Mawson and Federico uh, Fernandez outpaced Lacazette on a number of occasions. 
You know, that's worrying for not, 55 million uh, pounds signing. But he that's not his game. Um, Bretton, last night we uh, we watched Chelsea v Bournemouth as well. We did. Uh, me, you and Pat. Um, do you want to get into it there and tell not us about really. it? Not really, um, but I will. Are um, you going to blame Gary Cahill for all of it? Well, Gary Cahill was uh, uh, made mistake for all three goals. <laughs> so it's hard not to blame him, but it's not entirely his fault, obviously. Bakayoko gave the ball away too. Bakayoko gave the ball away for the first goal, but Gary Cahill's position was... See if you watch it back. Out of this world, bad. Um, I think Gary Cahill was um, a fault, but the thing that hurt Chelsea most was was Christensen going off. Um, it, it, he's really, been a revelation this season. He, he? They just look like a completely different defensive unit. Like. And it's scary for a twenty-two-year-old to, to to have that effect on on a, a back three that won the league last year. Do you know what I mean? Without him in it. Yeah. Um, but. No, no David Luiz though. No David Luiz, yeah. Um, what happened was um, Rudiger came on and, and went left where Gary Cahill was and he's comfortable out there. He, he, he played there all last year. He knows who's on his right, who's on his left. Suddenly he was in the middle um, and Rudiger prefers to play out there on the left so he went out on the left. Gary Cahill came in the middle and he was lost. He was absolutely lost. He, he, it wasn't coming um, close to Wilson when he got the ball. He was letting him take it on his chest, turn, give it to um, Abe, and go again. Do you know what Wilson I mean? actually said that uh, when Gary Cahill came on, I think it was, and I might get the words mixed up here, he actually said, we knew who Chelsea's weak link was then, mm. and they went at them. I didn't hear that, but I'm not surprised. He said it to the BBC, I think, really, or something. Yeah, um, That's worrying for Chelsea. If Christensen, is he going to be out now for a few weeks? Um, they don't know yet the extent. It's hamstring. Um, so he's, he's going to be out for at least three weeks. Like. Yeah, well, three weeks. Two, two to three, yeah. Um, Miss Barcelona, possibly, yeah. The first United, leg, anyway. United coming, City coming. Yeah, it's a major um, month for, for, um, for Chelsea. So, um, I can I can see. Gary Cahill's a club captain, which also throws another spanner in the works. You don't want to be benching your club captain constantly. Um, although I don't think Antonio Conte, if he's still there, um, will have a problem doing that. It's so clear to see that um, he's not a happy man. He's not. But on the pitch, um, I think Conte, Conte's writing that his squad isn't isn't big enough, isn't um, fit for the Premier League, um, because he feels like he needs to. Last night he felt like he needed to rest. Seth Fabregas, Seth Fabregas Simon was poor, but. He's better when he starts with Kante. Back, you know, Bakayoko, I think, is only getting game time because... You know what it, there. Yeah, like, and he's afraid of the other players getting tired for these <clears> bigger <throat> games coming up. Um, but uh, the, the other main problem was that there was no focal point up front. Um, and we need to get um, Barada back fit and hopefully Olivier Giroud comes in and plays out of his skin. He's not injured, Giroud, is he? No, no, he's fit no, to, to go straight in. He might be a little bit lacking in game sharpness, but, you know, I'd say he'll manage. I'd say, yeah, once just start winging balls into the box. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that is, you know, you could see last night that, um, as Pelicuata especially, when he picks the ball up, um, it was up across the last night, he wants to play that yes. ball all the time. And, and he's trying to play that ball because it was in Azar up front instead of Murata, or instead of Batshuayi. Yeah, you know, he's trying to play that ball only along the ground or, you know, in the chest and it's just not working. That's not the way, you know, 
Chelsea have been the last two or three seasons um, because they've always had that big man up front to feed off, to go in behind with Costa, he went in behind a lot more. Um, but, it, you know, it just wasn't working last night. You know, they're, they're not a team like Liverpool who like to play it in the feet and then Mane feeds off Firmino, feeds off Salah. It happens to a certain extent with um, William, and William was injured as well last night, so um, they were missing that. Barkley didn't, still doesn't look sharp. I think he needs some more time. Um, but he, Barkley shouldn't be starting games at the minute either, I don't think. Um, but is that not just a, a way for Antonio Conte to rub those who sort this transfer business out, to rub their noses in it? Yes, it is. This is the player you've brought in. I'm starting him and putting him straight into the squad because that's the type of player we need and he's just not delivering. Why did you sign him? I don't, th I don't know if it's, if it's why did you sign him rather than... Um, I have no other choice. Conte reminds me of Rafa at Liverpool when um, Rafa was... Or Rafa now. <laughs> Rafa now, God love him, but when he was having his uh, his big debate argument and fallout with the owners, when we all were falling out with the owners and, and they weren't really backing him as much as we wanted and he was wanting certain players. Now, admittedly, he wanted Gareth Barry instead of Chabby Alonso, so, I mean, wasn't a really a great plan, but uh, he wasn't getting it. And he would do that sort of thing, you know, he would throw... Um, like players on randomly, or um, he like I think he he took Gerard and Torres off one game because they were knackered, and he, he threw on young players that we didn't have. I can't remember what game. I think it was way to West Brom or some daft anyway. And we lost the game, and it ended up in the long run cost us and towards the end of the season. But I just I look at Conte and listen to him last night. Um, I don't know if you heard this, Jake. He just he just doesn't seem like he wants to be there anymore and, and the fans are cheering and singing the song but the fans love him because he, he does love at three he loves nil, you lot like yeah. obviously and, at 3-0 the Bournemouth in the 80th minute there, there was a, a, an Antonio chant you know and the club have to be listening to that and think is this now I talked about last week or, or, or the week before is this now a time where we um, stick with the manager Stick with our youth system that's been so successful. You saw, you know, Ethan Ampadu, every time he's, he's made appearances this year, he's been, he's been brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, Hudson Adoy, when he came on last night, was the best player on the pitch when he, when, when he, he was, was on. He was very good when he was on, yeah. Um, you know, you still have the likes of Loftus Cheek, Tommy Abraham on loan. So they've a decision to make. Um, and I, I, I think um, if Conte got the backing or he got the plan in place um, that he would stay, I, I would hope that. But it doesn't look likely at the moment. Um, Jake. Arsenal will play on Tuesday night. Sorry, Philip, just want to sort of highlight something else here. You know, you talk about Rafa and a similar experience to Conte. The difference is that Rafa wasn't coming from a, a title winning season. Conte mm. coming from a squad that has won the title and won it convincingly after a stuttering start, yes? This points to deeper issues within Chelsea Football Club as a whole, mentality issues. And, you know, it's plain to see. Last season they won the title under Conte. The previous season they finished 10th. The previous season to win the title. This team team of players is just totally inconsistent. I, I don't totally agree with that in that one of the factors is that they've had a lot more games this season and um There was mutiny the squad, as well and Mourinho's season that he just went tenth, there was yeah. chaos. And the squad has been stretched, um and is tired and hasn't been added to as much as Conte would like it to be. Um there may be a, there may be some touch of, of what you're saying um, as well, but I don't think it's it's the highest contributing factor. Um, 
I think the squad needed to be boosted in the summer. You know, and not lose manage. Yeah, you know that. That was a major decision. Suicide. That was a major decision. Um, and earlier you you can point to Conte for losing Costa as well. Yes, um, that is a massive blow to Chelsea. Yeah, I really think that was the biggest mistake. You know, bringing in um, you know, a lot of top clubs have have three three main strikers, and um, Chelsea only have two, and well, had two in in, in as well, and you could clearly tell he didn't fancy Batshuayi. So what what's the problem with you know having the big clubs need to have Morata there, Costa there, and Batshuayi as a third option for. You know, Carabao Cup when there's injuries, when we're playing the FA Cup replays against Norwich, that sort of thing. Um, but it's all up in the air. You know. Fair play to Bournemouth though. Bournemouth have beaten Arsenal and. Um, in the last few weeks. Yeah, Chelsea. I think it was their best um, performance in the Premier since they've been in the Premier League. They've, they've so. done well the last couple of weeks and we played them and although we won in the end, you, you just know of Bournemouth. Tricky opposition. They are, you know, they've got tricky players. But the team that did beat us, that was bottom of the table and absolutely stunned us that night and fully deserved it, they went and won again playing yourselves on Tuesday night. Swansea, bit of a revival under Carlos Carvalho. A little bit of revival, um, delighted to see it because I do have a soft spot for Swansea, but disappointing. I watched the game and disappointed with the application of some of the Arsenal players. You know, um, Arsenal, went, Arsenal went 1-0 up and uh, <laughs> Arsenal went 1-0 up within two minutes, it's one all. You think this is a trait as well, don't you? It's a major trait because they're giving away leads. They've lost 15 points this season. From winning positions in the Premier League. Now, Arsene Wenger in his press conference pointed out that they've won 14, but that still doesn't get to the bottom line of this issue. They've lost 15 points from winning positions, and some of those were teams that they should have been winning. For example, Bournemouth. For example, Watford. They conceded last minute cleverly, won. they lost 2 1. For example, West Brom, 1 0. You know what I mean? They've lost. Major ground on that teams above them. If they had even got eight of those points, they would be up in contention, um, much more than they are at the moment. Look, there are some players in the Arsenal team that just aren't good enough. Oz will give away the ball for the first goal, but uh, Johnny Douglas has made reference there. Shaka was sleeping. He's supposed to be the defensive midfielder to be able to read danger. Shaka just stands there. He has no ability to read danger. Oh, he just he, freezes. He doesn't have a head. No, he does have a head. When I he think wants it's a to, He though. wants to play the ball forward. That's it. There, you know, in terms of stats, there is no player in the top five le leagues in Europe who has had more successful passes forward than Xhaka. Interesting. Really? That's that's that's, that's stats. Statman. Stat so that's what he pulled that one out you know, of the bag. Now, having said that, how many goals has been has he been partly responsible or responsible for solely? You know, he switches off. Ozil gives away the ball. Some people have slated Ozil for that performance. That's nonsense. Ozil set up the first goal. He had got dispossessed which can happen you need your defensive midfielder and your defence to be strong when you lose the ball now that brought it to one all Arsenal were getting into the game again Swansea had some chances it could have been winning but weren't and what happens Nacho Monreal lets the ball run out of play for a throw even though he has time to take possession Wenger loses Wenger lost the plot, lost the plot. and that's before the goal went in yeah. Monreal throws it to the defender defender passes it across to Mustafi passes it across to Czech who miskicks it with three Swansea players and uh, Jordan I says thank you very much taps it in the net and that puts Arsenal under pressure and the third goal Mustafi's out 
out uh, strength, uh, out gunned. He's he's out strength there, and I cuts around the outside, plays it across for Lucas to score two goals. But that's not the point. The point was that Czech made the major mistake. That was the turning point in the game. There's been two goalkeepers in the Premier League that have made the most mistakes leading the goals. You know who they are? Czech. And you know who the other one is? West Brom's. Mignolet. Mignolet, is it? Say so. This season, they both made, I think it's, is it five or six, I don't know what it is, but they've both made the same amount of mistakes that have led to goals. Do you know Arsenal have conceded more goals than West Brom, who are bottom of the table currently? That's not good. I don't think they'll put it far off either. Like uh, I was actually going to ask you, Dick, do you think uh, that Arsenal are in danger of, not, I don't mean like becoming like Liverpool's defence, in that before Van Dijk were, there's, there's a, a clear separation in their attack and their defence. Their attack is so strong and their defence is so weak. Why did Wenger not strengthen defensively well ultimately Brendan the, you know there's a very simple answer to that question um, out of their top five goal scorers last season they've lost four of them they needed goals Lacazette wasn't providing the goals they needed to sign a major goal scorer and they've done that in Aubameyang but their last five goal scorers were Giroud Sanchez and um, Walcott. Walcott and they all went in this yeah, one yeah exactly so they needed to bring you know what I mean so he's a limited budget Arsenal have spent Big money. They've signed us to a new contract. They're still in the black. Seven and a half million net profit from transfers over the past year. Yes, that is, you know, that is good. That is a good point. They do need to replace those. But you just also said that they've conceded more goals than West Brom. So why aren't they strengthening defensively? Should the priority not have been at it? They've also had to make a number of changes at the back this season. You know, there's been very little stability based on injuries and things like that. So you know. That's worrying, of course, to have a worse defence than, than West Brom. It's also a consequence of the type of play that they, the, you know... They're trying to do... Yeah, like Liverpool. Yeah, it's a consequence of that. It's also a consequence of poor individual decisions. Mm. Would you rather... Uh, guess what I'm asking is, would you rather win games 4-3? Than 1-0? Mm -hmm. Yes. Just... You know, you, you know, as well. Football is an like entertainment Football yeah. is an entertainment business. Uh, Arsenal style plays have been brilliant this season either, to be fair. Yeah. But but I believe that these players have signed will improve that. I, I agree with you there. Like it, it's like Liverpool having Firmino, Mane, Salah, um, well, Coutinho, but... Um, well, I know when he's fit, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's now going to be Aubameyang, Ozil, Mkhitaryan. Lacazette. Lacazette. And the sooner that Iwobi stops playing football matches for Arsenal because he's just not good enough. Um, he can't finish. He can't finish, he can't but finish. he is, you know, he's fragile. He's just not, he doesn't have the mentality for a, for a top of the table um, team. Before we move on to our transfer section and we will get more into whether you're happy with Arsenal, whether you're happy with Chelsea's business. A um, couple of things, there's always been comments coming in, but I just wanted to highlight. Shamie Coleman returned last night. Had a full match for Everton, got man of the match. Uh, 88th minute or something, he's bombing, 90 million, he's bombing down the wing, 80 yard dash. Um, delighted to see him back. Yeah. Uh, brilliant news for him, come back from a horrific leg break, didn't think he'd come back to be himself. Looks like he's going to come back and just be Jamie Coleman again. Back to the Nations League. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's not back for a World Cup, <laughs> but he's back from the Nations League. You didn't see any of the clips from his, his uh, comeback game for the under 23s. 
no, but I know he went flying in the tackles. I straight away, like two minutes in or something, he's going flying in the tackles. Brilliant to see. So, welcome back, Shamie Coleman, even if you do play for that lad across the road. Everyone won 2-1 last night. Sorry, happy birthday to Andre as well. Just thought oh, yes, happy birthday to Andre Hagen. Um, many happy returns. Hope you, you enjoyed your day. Uh, and happy birthday to my mum tomorrow. Happy birthday, Big Shields. Um, yes. Ever, or everyone 2-1 win last night and the Theo, Theo Walcott got both of the goals should have had a hat-trick um, Walcott is a goal scorer you know he hasn't scored those goals against mm -hmm. Arsenal he just didn't get the game time and the confidence wasn't there on the pitch and I'm delighted I'm absolutely delighted to see him go to Everton and to score two goals it's uh, you know I wish him all the best at that club and it's a great signing for them already he's, he's won them three points yeah um, if you're watching tonight or if you're watching it back later, make sure you hit us a comment with what you think of Don, how you think your team did at the weekend. And we're going to talk about transfers now, so before we get into it, if your team's made some transfers during the window and you're happy with them or you're not happy with them, let us know either now, live during the show, or later on when you're watching it back. And who you think um, your team's made for summer as well. Yeah, who you think, yeah, definitely. It's a window, really, and um, we can talk about that in a separate show. 100%. Uh, Jason has come in... Uh, Big Arsenal fan, he's always a fan of the show, hello Jason. Uh, he says, getting rid of Debucci was a good thing, but I think our best piece of business was the change off the pitch. There's been a change in who's taking uh, charge of transfers and negotiations with Smith, Sven Midlintat uh, coming in as our chief scout. He came from Borussia Dortmund, didn't That's he? That's right. Um, we would we we have kept Coughlin, he says, instead of Shaka. He's more defensive than Shaka for sure. Like Johnny said, we do miss Santi. Just on Santi Gazzola, he's next real Oviedo player, so up to Santi. I do miss him myself, I'm a big fan. He's a superb player, you know. Just he is massively, he is, he's very, very good. I'll, um, we'll talk about Arsenal a wee bit already, we'll go back to Arsenal's transfers. Um, Brenton, January transfer window, a Chelsea fan, happy or not? Out of 100, what would you give it? Go, go for 10, it's easier, go for 10. Um, six. Six, you lost Costa. Mm. Um, technically, yeah, technically, yeah. Costa went in January. Uh, you brought in Giroud mm -hmm. and Palmieri. Yeah. Uh, Barkley. Barkley, yeah. Uh, and you lost Batshuayi. Mm. Um, I would have, I would have kept as well as Saint Giroud. I know the 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 that triangle deal had to Batshuayi had to go for that. Um, but as I alluded to earlier, I think the straight three strikers were, you know. Maybe more at the start of the season when you're involved in four competitions, you need you know that backup. Um, Barkley, uh, you know, I don't think he's gonna. Certainly, he hasn't pulled trees up yet, like, but um, I, I don't think he's, he's a marquee signing, um, or that he's. I think he's more gonna be a squad player. Um, you know, you just look at him last night and against Norwich even in the in the FA Cup, and when he came on against Arsenal, um, he's not gonna have. A massive effect on games at the minute, you know. I hope he proves me wrong. Um, the most, um, the player I'm most excited about is Jury. You know, I, I, what you said before on the show that uh, we have already does, yeah. yeah. And Chelsea needed to get a player in, um, of that nature. Um, if, if nothing else, to take pressure off Morata, Bashir wasn't doing it. Um, well, to the extent that that Conte was happy with. Um, but Giroud's going to score goals I think you said to me last night and, and I agree with you with the quality Chelsea have 
service. The service in yeah. Aspilicueta, in Zapacosta, and Moses and, and Alonso, balls are going to go in. And he's so good in the air. Um, you know, he's quite good with his feature as well. So um, he can work off, you know, we've seen fantastic goals um, working off the likes of Wiltshire in the past um, and Ozil. Um, you know, the, the same's going to apply with Hazard and Pedro and William. I mean, you know, the thing that we said it before, so we'll not dwell too much on it, he will fit in with that set of football, with those intricate one-twos at the edge of the area, because he is technically gifted, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Arsenal have lost a major player, a major squad player, um, who adds a different dimension to the team, who can come on and make a significant difference. Um, every Arsenal fan would Johnny express, Douglas, like what Johnny Douglas has said, you know, we're going to miss him. It's a massive loss. However, Johnny... To reassure you, over the last two and a half seasons, um, over the last two and a half seasons, Aubameyang and Giroud have played the exact same games, believe it or believe it not, same appearances. Mm -hmm. um, Giroud has scored 47 goals and Aubameyang has scored 100. Well, same appearances, yes, but uh, you know, a lot of Giroud's appearances are substitute appearances, aren't they? But I think Aubameyang, before you used to get out of here, I think I think Aubameyang is a, more of a natural goal scorer, and I think Aubameyang was playing in a, a better team at the time. Like I think he was set up a bit better the way it's assistant stuff that he had at Dortmund. Don't poke no, the no, Just slightly now, just slightly, but I do get it. Like that is a big difference. You, you've got a very quality, a very high quality striker in. I think so of you as well. You've got a high yeah, I mean, and you have to also look at the transfer fee. You know, yeah, that that is the best bit. Like it's eighteen million or something. Eighteen million, and, and the age of Giroud as well. You know, he's thirty one. Like, and mm -hmm. for Chelsea, that's a big step to sign a thirty one year old. Yeah. Even on an eighteen month contract, you know, it's uh, I've spoken about before about their rule about over thirty, so only get a year. Yeah. Um. Even John Terry, do you know what I mean? That they, they, mm. they don't usually break it. Um. But I'm glad they did. Yeah. Really glad they did because. Out of all the other players that were being mentioned, I mean, Andy Carroll, Peter, Peter Crouch, Crouch, Ashley Barnes. You know what I mean? No, he's, a, he's an excellent sign, and he's actually a bargain, I would say, at 18 million. Yeah. Um, so but, you're, you're but not a gold scorer. Mm. So if you're expecting someone who's actually going to finish all of the chances like Morata hasn't been doing, no, Giroud's going to miss a lot of chances as well. I think he'll get uh, 10 goals from now until the end of the season. I'd be happy with that. You know, that would could, be about his average. Could be 10 big goals. So. Depends who they're against, you know. Um, the likes of Barcelona. So six out of <laughs> six out of ten for you. Yeah, I'll go about a six. I would give um not that he's a vast I obviously don't care. I'd give Liverpool a four out of ten. Um I would have given them a five out of ten because oh, you're so generous. so Coutinho but brought Van Dijk in, so we, we needed another centre half to come in and, and that'll click eventually, but we got rid of Coutinho. But then they got rid of the, the lone storage out. Mm. Now, I don't think Storage would have probably played that many games, but it's just like, it's more of a sentimental drop in the point because that's the whole Sterling, Suarez, Sturridge, Coutinho, uh, Coutinho Gerrard, that team is gone now, completely gone, so just a bit like, ugh. It's a point when you realise, uh oh, this is completely changed. Yeah, so, uh, it's yeah. completely gone, so I would give them a 4 to 10, I think, possibly should have done more than maybe tell uh, Red Bull Leipzig, give us Navi Keita, but well, it is what it is, like. Are you worried that they didn't fully invest the money that they received for Coutinho firstly, so you can answer that one. Secondly, are you worried that Danny Ings is really your second, your second string striker currently? Uh, the first question, am I worried? Uh, no, I think it will be invested in the summer, but I think, I wouldn't say I'm worried, because like, it's not my money at the end of the day, but 
I think what would have happened was teams would have went, well, you just got 140-odd million off Barcelona, so give us, like what Leicester did for um, Mares, give us 90 million, I suppose, what they were looking at at the end for Mares, and I think that's what Monaco were looking for, Thomas Lamar. Now, Mares has just gone AWOL and not shown up for training today. Yeah, um, that's not great. Um, but to be fair, to be fair, he did sign a new contract when a lot of the other teams were sure to him and hand about him. His form had gone down the drain. He signed a new contract, hundred grand a week for Leicester, which is massive. You know, you signed the contract, get the training. Um the second point, uh Danny Ings, am I worried? Yeah yeah you would be because that would mean then that either Mane, Firmino or Salah are injured, so that's not great. Um I think Don McSalenke is probably just ahead of Danny Ings if I'm honest. I think he Why is he not coming on? He came on the other night Against Huddersfield. Against Huddersfield, yeah. Yeah, and that's, probably, that's why he came on. He's still only 20. A lot of... need to give him a, lot, a bit of patience. Like, I'm happy enough. Oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, but I'm just thinking, in Klopp's mind, I think Ings might be the, the go-to man. Yeah. In terms of replacing... In terms of a new option up front. I think we should have went and got a backup. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, a backup, a backup forward. We really need a goalkeeper. Uh, we couldn't have got them in January. Roma are not going to sell us, and Atletico are not going to send all black uh, to us. And unless we make top four or win the Champions League, we're not going to get those two next year anyway. So it's all on us now. Um, so a four out of ten. Ha really happy with Van Dijk. They obviously continue went at the same time, so I dragged it down. And then are you worried that Van Dijk's going to replicate to the form of Lovren? <laughs> uh, no. Um, I actually think I actually think I'd be more worried about what Matip's doing at the minute. Um, Lovren's actually looked solid. Clavin's looked the most solid out of those three centre halves. The other night I was watching against Huddersfield and we're we're three 0 up, right? It's three 0 up. Matip gets the ball and Huddersfield has retreated into their own half. Everyone has gone into Huddersfield's half. Joe Gomez is out out wide, right? Matip gets the ball the semi centre circle, looks up to play the ball to Joe Gomez and it goes two yards behind Joe Gomez and goes out. But it was like a straight pass, like it was like from me to that camera, well, about 10 yards, 15 yards, and Joe Gomez is looking at him like, what's wrong with you? And I'd be really worried, I would throw, I would take Matt about and put Lovren and Van Dijk in this weekend against Spurs. I think Lovren needs to play against Spurs and get his head fixed after the last time. But, um, no, I think Van Dijk, I think Van Dijk will be alright. It's, Karius actually saved the shot the other night as well, which was just wild. No, I was surprised. I was like, but he near, like, let it in, or he it was a poor shot. It wasn't a great shot. shot. He saved it. Like. He could have held it Absolutely. as well. Like. It was just complete wildness. I don't know what he was at. But, yeah. uh, he actually set up our first goal as well. It's almost I mean, like it was employed to save shots. I know, but he doesn't do it. Um, but yeah, apart from that there, though. What, what do you think about um, after the January transfer window? Now, you know, no teams in the Premier League can do any more business. Um, who do you think is going to be relegated? Because the relegation zone is really interesting this year. Um, I would have said Swansea until Carvajal arrived in yeah. and they started beating teams and looking solid. Um, I would have said Bournemouth as well and then going on that. Like the relegation uh, battle and then the, the top four battle now, you can't pick. The boys in the middle are just like. There's very few comes. teams in between those two things. You're either involved in one or involved in yeah. the other because I, the relegation zone stretches so far. Do you want to pick your three teams just for the 
Huh? Well, we'll do this and then we'll... Yeah, yeah, we'll go, we'll go for that. Like, um, I want to hear if you're happy about Arsenal as well. You're not getting away with that. Uh, uh, their transfer? Yeah, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Don't John Taggart wants us to reassure him that Palace are staying up. Um, I'll get on that in a minute. John, and John actually talked about Ruben Loftus-Cheek. He thinks it would be good for both teams. Um, hello, sister. It would be good for both teams if uh, Cheek goes back to Palace and stays there. If I was Chelsea, I would tell them to do one and keep Ruben Loftus-Cheek, but... John being a Palace fan, he obviously wants him back. Well, he, John um, was saying there that uh, he's at Chelsea currently for medical, medical treatment. treatment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as the parent club, we must have to do that. Um, but I want him back. Big time, especially when you look at Baki Yoko. Yeah, he can ask him. Time on. Um, last season, and I know it's, it's different circumstances. When Chelsea have basically won the league, he made a lot more appearances towards the end of the season. Um, he looked good, he looked strong, he looked fit, um, he looked like Jaya Ture looked uh, for Man City when he was broke from midfield, yeah when he was bothered, he broke from midfield and he, he linked uh, the midfield and the attack um, and I think that's that's important actually for Chelsea because um, you can see that Conte is trying to coach that into Kante because before Kante was just a stopper and he was brilliant at it, but um, you know, he's actually this season got better on the ball Kante and, and he's he's making four passes and he, he's playing three balls. Um because he has that energy to, to go back and forth. Fabrias doesn't back you go can't do it at the minute. He, he, he just And that's what he that's what his game was at Monaco. <sighs> you know, again I always say he needs a season to adjust and then we judge him on next season. At the minute he doesn't look like he he's gonna cut the mustard but Loftus Cheek, um, growing up with Chelsea and um, coming into that title-winning team, um, you know I think I think there's a real player in there. I I rate him. I rate him as well. Uh, are we picking on the three teams that we think could go down. Let's reassure John. Let's reassure John. Well, yeah, I, I don't think Palace will go down. Yeah, interesting that Palace tried to sign Dembele from Celtic. Uh, supposedly they were interested in them, but they didn't get them. I don't. I don't think Palace will go down. I think they have enough to stay up. I think they've enough to stay up. They've also got a very experienced manager who has really steadied the ship there. They've got a top quality player in Sahar, which we've discussed already. Our admiration for him. You know, Palace are safe. I am gonna pick. Will we pick one each? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm gonna go first and I'll tell you why. I don't know if you heard this today in the news, but basically, at West Ham. Their, their director of football mm. came out with a ludicrous statement and I don't know, I can't remember exactly what he says, I don't want to say something out of turn but it was a ludicrous, stupid statement about African players and them causing so much trouble. There's already been a bit of uproar, I think Sacco, was, he's gone out, he's, he's left but I think Kayute, or Kayate, sorry, I put on his Instagram today um, something about African pride or something like that, there was something along those lines and he obviously isn't very happy. I think something like that they're coming out that is, uh, and it's just the sole day as well, that's going to wreck West Ham, and I am going to predict that West Ham will fall in the relegation this year. Mm. You know, up until that, you know. I think it's that type of thing. Moyes was doing an alright job. He was, he, we were talking about this last night. Yeah. But, but I just think um, that's the type of thing that just hits a team for six, and that's where they the are. Time yeah, season. big time. Uh, that's my choice. I think that would have minimal impact on the pitch. Because really? that director of football will be sacked. That's being looked at by the FA, by the club. He'll be sacked in the next 24 to 48 hours. And if he's not, then 
we're starting to see problems. Yeah. The club need to stand with the players because the players are the ones that deliver the results and the results are That's what true. keeps the club big forty the big for West Ham. League. Mm. Um, Pick your team. I've three picked here, um, of course, um, and th three, all three of them are in based on forwards and scoring goals because you need to be able to score goals to stay in this league. Um, but I just pick one of them. You go ahead, yeah. Um, who's, who's, who's finishing bottom? Who's finishing bottom? I'm worried about Huddersfield. If you watch them the other night, I, yeah, totally can see that. Because... Going forward, they looked void of ideas defensively, apart from Congolo, who they brought in on loan from Monaco. Is yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Excellent defender, actually. I really was impressed by him. I would worry for them. It depends. The other two teams that I picked, I don't want to steal your thunder, but um, Brighton and West Brom. It's all a story of strikers here. West Brom needs Sturridge to hit the ground running. Rodriguez has done does. okay. Um, Brighton need Ujoa because, again, they're shot shy. And those three teams would be mine. They'll be relegated. Who's your bottom team? Um, Newcastle. Oh yeah, okay. Oof. It's See their banner last night. Yeah. Yeah. Fair play. Like Again, again um, at um, West Ham, there's problems off the pitch. Newcastle, there's massive problems. Um, you know, the signed um, Slimani late last night on loan. Kennedy on loan as well. And Kennedy on loan from Chelsea. Did uh, Kennedy play last night? Yeah, he did. He had a few good touches, but. Didn't do a whole pen. Um, is he left back or left wing? Um, no, he was left wing. Um, and Newcastle haven't been scoring goals recently either. And I think um, that was a real mistake not to back um, Rafa in the transfer window. Mm -hmm. um, because Mike Ashley and Newcastle are now in danger of dropping down to the championship and who will want to buy that club when they drop down to the championship again? Their highest transfer fee was 14 odd, 15 million for Genie Wijnaldum. 15 million like? I think Bournemouth has spent more than that on a regular transfer record. But yeah, look, it's but not really about Newcastle money at the end of the day. I th yeah, I can see that. Like, I can see that. All five of those teams I think we've mentioned, I know you two maybe mightn't think West Ham or think Certainly the three you mentioned are big diffs, um, but it's, it's going to be interesting watching it because it'll start to turn now and teams will really start to panic and they'll be just desperate for results well. and points. So it's interesting. Um, before we finish off, quickly, Jake, rate your Arsenal transfer window. Well, don't include the Ozil signing, just I don't want, I want transfers in. Ozil obviously was a big deal. Like. Transfers in... No, transfers out. Well, they've lost a lot of goal scores. Look, that's gonna be. It'll be interesting to see how these two players settle in, and they need to hit the ground running. Um, I would give Arsenal a seven. The reason being that they've signed Aubameyang, which is superb. They've signed him Katarin, who has the potential to be superb if he replicates the form he had at Borussia Dortmund. With the Aubameyang. Yes, they just. I would have loved to see them bring in a defensive midfielder, as some people have mentioned here, and also maybe a central defender. Mm. Um, I would have loved just one of the two. Protect. I would have really enjoyed to see um, a centre defensive midfielder, and like Surrey you know, from Nice. Like Surrey, but you know, Lasana Diarra, who has been at Arsenal at Chelsea, was a free agent. Yeah. He was snapped up on a short term deal by Paris Saint Germain. Now, if they're planning on buying a big player in the summer to fill these positions, why not just give him a six month contract? 
because he's the sort of player can come in and be disciplined in the defensive midfield. They needed something. That's what my, my I would give Arsenal a five to a six because I think Aubameyang was a super signing. I think Aubameyang is the signing. best forward signing in the Premier League in recent years. Name one better. How recent are we talking? In the last five seasons. Uh, I can't well, think of a better one. Like a more proven goal scorer. A proven goal scorer, but I think... Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not being biased, but the way Salah started for the money compared to that. We didn't money. know Salah was going to do that, so... If you're talking about on name alone... Yeah. Um, on rep- reputation. On reputation coming into the league. Yes. Um... Yeah, it's hard to argue that actually. It's I think he's a, that is a major signing, and it comes back to the point that there are major people here working on transfers at Arsenal, not just Arsene Wenger anymore. He is starting to lose the grip, a grip that will not just end when he departs as manager because he'll move upstairs. But some people have mentioned Wenger out. Wenger is on his way out. Connor Quinn, that was. <laughs> Wenger is on his way out. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think I, I still don't quite think it's Wenger's last year. But we I don't will, think so. I think he's going to do it until he's 70. No, oh, there you go. We will talk about that in due course. Um, just before we go, we have still one in our competition. We're trying to get up the page up to 500 likes. And when it does, if you've entered the competition, I'll tell you I'll do in a minute, you can win your uh, football t- top of choice. Premier League top, Premier of, League top of choice. Um, so basically, all you have to do is like our page, the Sports Bubble. Um, share the post, which is the competition post, and we'll share it again so you see it. And then post in basically underneath the, the post, underneath the comment um, of your team of choice that you want their top, and we will get it for you. Um, as always, head, check out the Cambridge Barbershop on the Lisbon Road in Strand Millis. Hello to Sean and the lads. Um, hello to Pat Hagen before we go. Thank you very much for your comments, and everyone that's watching and has joined in. Um, I don't think there's anything else really. We were going to do a podcast, but I just remembered I forgot to hit uh, record, so that'll be next week's one. Sorry, the butcher in Canada for that. We we'll maybe try to pull the audio from the video or something. I like we might try to do something like that. Um, couple of big things coming up during the week, next week with the Sports Bible, which you'll see them all on our social media pages at Twitter, the Sports Bible, and at Facebook. Um, Jake, thank you for joining me. A pleasure. <laughs> Brenton, thank you for joining me. Pleasure. Um, everyone else, thanks for joining. See you again next week. Good night.